0: services for more information visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com thanks for listening we hope you enjoy the message As we're flipping over to the book of Acts chapter number one, uh, we're landing on verse number 12. Amen. If you can indulge me, but please honor God for the reading of his word as we're standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the an upper room where both both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zilas, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. You can be seated in the presence of our living God, amen. And as we're pressing on with our current sermon series, we've been talking about access granted, having access granted to us, right? And so uh, if if, to bring back to the forefront of your mind or to bring back to your remembrance, we want to give you the definition for uh, having access, right? Access is simply defined as it is permission, liberty, or ability to enter, approach, or pass to and from a place or to approach or to communicate with the person or thing, right? And so when God has given us access, listen, he's giving you permission. Not only is he giving you permission, but He's giving you the liberty or the ability to enter in, or approach, or pass to and from a place or to approach or communicate with a person or thing. So when access has been granted, not only have you been given the permission and the liberty, you've been given all of this to talk to God about whatever it is that you need to talk to God about, whatever it is that's troubling your mind, whatever it is that's troubling your heart, you now have access to come into the presence of God. I like how the word tells us to come boldly before the throne of God that we can obtain grace, right? And have that mercy before God. So you can come boldly right? Because you now have that access, right? And so definition number two talks about freedom or ability to obtain or make use of something. And then definition number three talks about a way or means of entering or approaching. And definition number four, the act or an instance of assessing something. And then definition number five, the right to obtain or make use of Or take advantage of something as services or sonship. And so understanding that God has given us access or access has been granted. We are the sons of God. Women, listen, I'm not talking crazy. When I say the sons of God, we are not speaking in, in terms of gender. But we're speaking in, when we say the sons of God, we are saying we are the sons of God because we. Demonstrate, show forth the nature and the character of God. This is what makes us or considers us to be the sons of God because the nature and the character of God is on display in us. So we as the sons of God, we have been granted sonship as God has given us access. We now have access to sonship And so you know what Even though I know God has called me As a prophet God has graced me to walk in the pastoral You know what I've come to understand I approach God now Because I have a better understanding I come first God I am your son Before I talk about God I'm your servant Before I say God I'm your prophet I'm your pastor No God Father I am your son You are Abba And I am your son I am yours God and I want God, I'm trying to remind God that there is, there is a level of connection. There is a level of access that I have as being a son, part of the kingdom of God, the family of the beloved, right? And so this is what we're talking about. We say access has been granted, amen. And so today, as we move into the book of Acts, right, and we know the book of Acts is the second gospel, per se, of, of the doctor, Dr. Luke. This is this is his continuation to his gospel that bears his name, right? And when you think about in both instances, when he's writing this book, he addresses it to the guy, Theopolis, right? Theopolis, who is a, 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 a Gentile believer, Gentile disciple, a, a good companion of Dr. Luke, right? And so we oftentimes talk about Luke being a physician, right? Right. And I'm not going to overlook that fact. Right. Because as a physician, as a doctor, we know and understand he pays attention to the physical body. Right. And so how much more than if he pays attention to the physical body, if he has information about the physical body, then how much more will God give him information about the spiritual body, that being the church? Right. And even though he's writing to Theopolis, right, whose name, by the way, means lover of God, I wish I had somebody who who, who didn't mind being called the lover of God. Right. You understand God is not in it. looking for a part-time lover. God is looking for an all-the-time lover. A a personal individual that wants to be in love with God all the time, not a part-time lover. a sound, get out of here. We're not talking about no a sound. Listen, 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 listen. I don't want to deal with that right now, but I'm just saying he's looking for someone who wants to be a lover of God, not not with other. That doesn't mean that you can't love other people and love other things, but to to be a lover of God, listen, I, I understand God. My love for God comes first. God is in his correct position. He is first, and then every other Thing every other individual comes after God. My love for God is demonstrated first unto God. I don't care who comes, I don't care who leaves, I don't care what is established. My love for God is first. My love for Him is first, and then for everything and everybody else. Right? Uh, As yet, most of us people don't understand where your love for God is when it comes to your life. See, you got to understand. My wife, on down to my children, understand. Listen, I don't love you more than I love God. And, and when I say this, it's not a prideful thing, but I say this because they know this about me, right? And I'm so grateful that I have a wife and I have children who understand it that, listen, because he says he loves God more than he loves us, does not diminish his love for us. We still know that he loves us, but we understand that he loves God first and he loves God more than he can ever love us, right? And so I'm hoping that even in my example unto my wife and my children, right, I'm setting the stage or setting an example for them that, listen, they're going to follow suit and say, okay, it doesn't matter who comes into your life it doesn't matter who leaves your life listen one thing that has to remain one thing that it has to be unchanging is your love for God your appreciation for God your respect for God your honor for God your faith and your trust and your hope in God those are things that has to be bedrock in your life they cannot change my love for God has to remain it it cannot be wavering it has to be unwavering right so not only does his name mean the lover of God, but there's a second definition for the name of Theophilus, which actually talks about a friend of God, right? And, uh, listen, if you're not going to be a lover of God, then listen, he made it. So listen, 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 listen. I got a second category for you. Maybe, just maybe you can be the friend of God then. See, I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me to know that he's my father. I'm his son, but he still looks at me and calls me friend. Oh, I bless the wonderful name of Jesus. I, uh, as we're in the book of Acts, Right, the, the acts of the Holy Ghost or the acts of the Holy Spirit of God. Right, one of these things is God want me to understand. Hey, He's my friend. Uh, And see, you know, the, the, the old folk talk about when everybody leaves me. Right, uh, there's no friend like the lowly Jesus. You got to understand, there is no friend like Jesus. You got, and nobody can befriend you like Jesus. Uh, and you know, when you you you, what you call a good friend is somebody that understands you. Right, and and, and they can finish your sentences. Right, they know what your heart is, right? They, they, they know your mode of thinking and your way of expressing things, right? They're not confused about when you say something and they thought you meant this right here. There is an understanding because this is a good friend. Not only that, when there is a problem that you have because there is a good friend or they are a good friend, they don't rush you off the phone. They take the time to sit in the body and walk you through the issue that you got going on. Even if that's just to lend their ears to you, they give you their ears because that's what a good friend does, right? Uh, when something is wrong in your life, a good friend would say, listen, you got to steer clear of that right there. You got to separate yourself. Simply put, what I'm trying to say, a good friend love you enough to tell you the truth. I wish I had somebody who would help you right there. Because most of y'all, you don't have nobody that's willing to tell you the truth, let alone a friend that's willing to tell you the truth. Because if you like me, when I got, say, all of my so-called homeboys and homegirls, listen, that thing has had to change. God has had to give me not just friends, but God has had to give me a whole nother family, a whole nother spiritual." family, some, some men and women who I consider not to just be friends right, but to be brothers and sisters in Christ and see uh, I, I, at one point I felt I felt bad and I felt alone because I'm saying well I, when I was out here sinning and doing wild and acting a slam fool, you didn't mind having my back, you didn't mind ride, die for me and all of this stuff but now that I've got Christ, I don't know if you're afraid that I'm going to try to beat you over the head with Jesus Christ, that's not the angle that I'm coming at you got to understand, I love him enough, I'm going to tell you about it but but I understand after I tell you about him, you have a choice with the information that I just gave you. You have a choice to what you're going to do with that. I'm not going to beat you over the head with that. That's between you and Jesus but what it would not be said is that when I was in your presence that I did not talk about him. It, it would not be said that I didn't do it. it was my responsibility was to give you enough of the gospel to, to persuade you or give you the option to whether or not you're going to choose God. That would be between you and God. I want to make sure that when I leave your presence I am clear with God God I did what I was supposed to do That is not between them and you God You understand what I'm saying So I like the fact that if you're not a lover of God You, you still have the option Or you still have That place where you could be Considered the friend of God Right. So for context, right, we're going to read verses one through 14 so we can get an understanding of what's going on. Right. It it, it says the former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Right. He said, listen, I've documented everything that Jesus, uh, he was talking about, what he's going to do, things that is going to happen. Right. He said until the day in which he was taken up after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles apostles whom he had chosen. Jesus being filled, being baptized with the Holy Ghost, has given commandments unto the apostles, those whom he had chosen. And the Bible says to whom also he showed himself alive, right? He showed himself alive after his passion, after the resurrection, after God raised him from the dead, right? He showed himself alive. And the Bible says by many infallible proofs, right? It's undeniable. You can't deny this thing. Uh, You remember Thomas said, show me the holes in your hand. Show me the holes in your hand. He walking through walls and all different things and this. So it's undeniable that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the anointed one that God raised him from the dead. It is undeniable. It says, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days after he was resurrected, he was walking around, showing himself, popping up here and there for 40 days. You got to understand 40, we don't understand the number 40 The notes testing. Listen, it is another testing period that as God has raised me from the dead, and as I'm showing myself, making myself known, revealing myself to you, will you still believe that I am the Messiah? Will you believe that God has spoken everything concerning my life? You're seeing, you're watching it. You are experiencing it. You are encountering the life of Jesus Christ before you. It is enough to make you believe. But you understand there were some people who still choose not to believe. They will psych themselves out of believing. No, it's not real. It can't be here. You just don't be raised from the dead. Oh, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God raised him up from the dead. You got to understand. So he was seen in them 40 days speaking of the things pertaining to God, to the kingdom of God. And look at this. After he's resurrected from the dead he picked right back up where he left out talking about the kingdom of god oh talking about the kingdom folk don't preach about the kingdom you understand we're talking about money and we're talking about private airplanes and we're talking about mega ministries and all nobody's talking about the kingdom of god nobody's talking about the kingdom of god i wish i had some help right there huh he begins to say listen and being assembled together with them, commanded them, right? He commanded them uh, that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Now, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost, he now gives commandment to the apostles, to the disciples. He tells them what? He says, okay, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me. Now, this is the thing. They don't even know what the promise is, per se, right? They don't know when it's going to come. They don't know how it's going to come. They don't know what it's going to look like. They don't know what's going to happen when the promise actually comes, all they're told is, can you wait? And this is the problem for many of us as believers. This this four-letter word right here, we're not talking about them four-letter cuss words that some of y'all struggle with, but this four-letter word right here, W-A-I-T, wait, seems to be the most difficult thing for most of the believers to wait, having to wait on the promise of God. And when you talk about the promise of God, we are talking about the manifestation of the spoken word of God, having to wait on God to bring his word to pass. It requires discipline. Ah, oh, That's a cuss word in the church. It requires discipline. Your ability to be unbothered, your ability to be unmoved, your ability to stay steadfast, waiting, still hoping, still trusting, still believing, still utilizing your faith that God is going to do what he said, right? And so the Bible tells us Well, for John surely baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since, right? He then gives them a clue, a little inclination of what the promise is going to be. Listen, you know John the Baptist, right? He was Baptized with water But you got to understand When this promise comes You're about to be baptized with fire Oh, You're about to be baptized with fire The Holy Ghost is what he's talking about, right? this is the promise of God. He says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence." right? And then he says, he says, when they therefore will come together, when they therefore will come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Because you gotta understand, that's what they were kept thinking, that you know, when he kept speaking about his kingdom coming, right, they kept thinking, or they were under the impression that he was going to usher in another kingdom, he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire at this particular all the time. And he kept saying, my kingdom is not of this world. It's another kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. I'm not here to overthrow the current empire, but I'm going to usher in a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of God is going to be ushered in here in this natural realm, right? And so understand, he did says in verse 7, he says, and he said up to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father have put in his own power. Some things you're just not going to know. You're going to have to wait, right? And you're just going to have to trust, and you're just going to have to believe even though you don't know when things are going to happen how they're going to happen that's why it's called faith right uh faith is a substance of things hopeful the evidence of things not see because if you can see it it's not faith right you're just going to have to trust and believe what he said it is going to happen how he said it's supposed to happen right he then tells us but you shall receive power Oh, I wish I had some help right there. You shall receive power right there. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to say it one more time, but you shall receive power. See, I'm talking about when you got baptized with the Holy Ghost for real, there should have been a power that manifests itself on the inside of you. Even if you didn't immediately get up speaking in tongues, there was a power, like the old folks say, to walk differently. There was a power to talk differently. There was a power not to go to the places I used to go anymore. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't look the way I used to. I don't act the way I used. to. I don't walk the way. I, we're talking about a power, a power that has changed me on the inside. It has changed my desire, my taste for certain things. Even though I didn't get up, get call all of that right there, but there is a power that I acknowledge. It's him. He's the one that has changed me because he sent the word of truth, the word of power, and it has changed me from the inside to the outside. I'm telling you, I don't look like I used to. Yeah, I might have some of the same scars, but listen, listen, listen. I've been made anew. God has done something with me. His hand is upon me. His anointing is upon me. I've been washed and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. My soul has been saved. We're talking about I got up with some power. I've been filled with the power. Power to choose differently. Power to see things differently. Power not to respond to that mess. Power to hold my tongue. Power, power, power. To stand on the word of God. Power to trust and believe God. Yes, I'm talking about power of the Holy Ghost, right? He says, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, Listen, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you shall be filled, right? Because I need you to be the witnesses of this new kingdom life. This new kingdom agenda, right? And he says, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud right? received him out of their sight. While they're looking up, he's been taken up. He's ascending in to heaven, right? And the Bible says, and while they look steadfastly toward heaven. Listen, they'll watch until we can't see him anymore. Till he, he's he's out of our view. Uh, as far as our naked, natural eye can see, we're going to keep watching till he's just out of our view, right? And it says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. We understand, there you go. You got some angels who look just like men, right? And it says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into the heavens? Right? Well, why, why aren't you still standing here looking up? Right. Looking into the heavens. Right. He said this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him going into heaven. So as he left on a cloud, he's going to come descending on the cloud when he returns. Oh, you got to understand. He, they, they're giving us some understanding when he comes, when he cracked that sky, he's coming down on a cloud the same way he left up out of here. Right. It says. And when they were coming. Right. Well, I don't skip the verse. Let me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, right? And then return they. Then they returned there. Okay, I'm on on, my verse now. Verse number 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, right? And so before I get so far ahead of myself, the title of the text that we're working with on today is simply called Operating on Another Plane. Operating on another plane. Tell somebody it's time to operate on another plane. It's time to operate on another plane. And what are we talking about when we say operating on another plane? Simply put, the definition of operating on another Another plane is this right here. We are talking about, right? This is operating on a more spiritual level, right? Or operating more in the spirit and being less concerned about the carnal things, right? Operating more in the spirit. of God and being less concerned about the carnal things, right? Definition number two, simply put separating yourself from the carnal thing. Tell somebody, it's time for you to operate on a higher plane. It's time for you to operate on another plane. This is what God is calling us to do, right? Now, as we begin to walk through this thing, right, it says, then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, right? And you got to think, as they're standing upon the the mount of Olives at this particular time, watching Jesus and, and to heaven. If you know anything about the Mount of Olives, right? Dead uh, smack in the center of Jerusalem, right? And it gives you an awesome view, a panoramic view where if you're standing on top of the mountain, you can see all of the city from every angle. It gives you this type of vantage point or this type of viewpoint, right? So understand, it gives you that ability to have a bird's eye view or a bird's perspective, right? As you're looking out and over and down upon the city, right? And so not only that, y'all know we're in a mountain or in a high I hear you up in a place where the air is thin, right? So so listen, he's they're coming from a high place, they're now in a high place, operating with Jesus, watching him ascend onto heaven. And look at this right here. It says, Then return they unto Jerusalem. From the Mount called Olivet, which is the Mount of Olives, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, right? And when you talk about a Sabbath day's journey, it is interpreted as being 15 furlongs, so almost about two miles of a distance, right, to get back down inside of the city from the top of the mountain to get down back into the side inside of the city, right? momentarily, this is what I appreciate. They're operating in a high place as Christ is giving them instruction or giving them the commandment, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise, right? He's commanding them in the high place. See, everybody, everybody can't come to the high place because what's spoken in the high place, people don't necessarily leave the high place and go accompany or accomplish what was spoken in the high place. You often hear people talk about how God showed them different things and, and, and necessarily what they're talking about is they were in a high place per se, right? To hear or have some things revealed to them or shown to them or spoken to them. But this is my thing. You may have heard some things. You might have saw something, But we want to talk about the application piece, the application piece, right? Most people hear some stuff. They know how to get high, but this the, the, it, 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 it's not the fact that you can get up there and see it. It's not so even the thing that you can get up there and hear it. I want to know that after you come in the high place and hear and see, can you come and make application of what he's shown you, and can you make application of what it is that he spoke to you? Ah, oh, somebody pray because the devil is trying to mess with all the technological stuff, but the devil is already defeated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to understand it's in the high place where God reveals some things, it's in the high place where the air is thin, where there are no distractions, when there's nothing there to hinder you to bother you. You should be unbothered in the high place, it's just me and Jesus. Come on and speak and declare what you want to speak, come on and reveal what it is that you want to reveal, God, because you have given me access. Access to this high place, God. And listen, because God has given you access to this high place, don't you squander your time. Don't you squander your access that has been granted to come into this high place, right? But then watch this. It says, then return they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Arles. So momentarily, we have to leave the high place, right, which is Mount Arles, and walk about almost two miles to get back into the city, right? And as we're pressing through, it says what? And when they would come in, right? So when they got into the city of Jerusalem, right? Uh, Momentarily, we have to come down, right? It's in this momentary moment that we come down or this momentary spot that we come down from the high place that most of us get distracted, right? We lose sight of what it is that God told us or we lose sight of what it is that God has shown us. And we become distracted by all of the different people and all the other things that is now currently before us that we now have access too, right? A lot of things are just mere distractions, right? After you come out of this high place, this is where social media gets you. After you come out of this high place, this is where certain text messages get you caught up. After you come out of this high place, this is where certain phone calls will get you thrown up. After you come out of this high place, this is where certain conversations with your mama and your sister get you thrown up. But tell somebody, I don't have time to be distracted. I'm coming out of the high place just to go up higher again because he called me to operate on another plane over a higher. Plane. You got to understand what it is that I'm trying to say. So momentarily, we came down just to transition to another high place, right? So it says, and when they would come in, denoting when they got into the city of Jerusalem at the desired location, right? It says, they went up into an upper room. I'll tell somebody it's time to go back up. And see, listen, we can't linger out here just as quick as we come down. That's as quick as we got to go back up to the high place. Because he's calling us to abide in the high place, in the high place, right? It's And when they were coming, they went into the upper room, right? They went up into the upper room, went up denoting to ascend, to rise, to go up, right? To go higher. It is telling us even in the wording of the scriptures that they, even though they came down from the high place, the Mount of Olives, and as they're entering into this upper room, they went up to the upper room. You got to understand what I'm saying. So they're going back to a higher place, right? And and, and as we look at the definition for the upper room, definition number one talks about the highest part of the house. Come on, come on. See, some of you, you, you got to come out of the basement. Oh, you got to come out of the basement. He said, get to the highest part. 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 It is the highest part of the house, the upper rooms or story where the women usually resided, right? I, I, I give you an example. When you think about when David fell with Bathsheba, right? And the Bible talks about he was walking on the rooftop of the palace. And he saw, right? He saw over yonder. Yeah, I'm going old school. He saw over yonder this beautiful woman where? On the top of her roof, right? Taking a bath on the top of her roof. Right. And typically when you talk about these upper rooms, they are like apartment buildings, per se, on the top of the houses. Right. Typically where women would reside. And definition two talks about what a room in the upper part of a house, sometimes built upon the flat roof of a house where the orienters were we'll want to retire order. Right to meditate, pray. So design or designate it for a place of prayer, a place of meditation, a place of where we go to sup with God, commune with God, where we go and we get into the presence of God. We talk to God, but we give God the opportunity to talk back. to him. This is the purpose of the upper room. This is why we have to go higher because i got to be in his presence. I've got to spend time with him. But more importantly, I've got to give God the opportunity to talk to me, to show me, to rebuild to me what it is that he desires to speak and show to me. This is the purpose of the upper room. So listen, the scriptures say they went up into the upper room. They went up into the upper room, right? back into a high place and see sometimes you gotta get high to get above the distractions all those things that are pulling on you, all those things that come to distract you, all those things that come to bring division, all those things that come to bring confusion all those things that come are set to bring chaos in your life, you gotta get above all of these little storms down here that the enemy is trying to use to, to interrupt the peace or interrupt the flow of God and distract you from moving and operating in the unknown. Anointing of God or the presence of the Spirit of God. Sometimes you got to get above this thing, right? Even when you talk about the eagles, you do know, understand? Uh, a magnificent bird of prey, right? Even they say, even when the eagle is sick, when it's sick, when it's sick, it said flies high and get as high as it can get to the sun, right? And it floats or so it drifts on the current, right? What does it say? It's getting above all of the wind or it's getting a higher than all of these things that are below that will cause it to remain ill, but it's getting in the presence of the S.U.N. because it's in the rays of the S-U-M that it brings healing to his body, right? And see, sometimes you got to get higher than all the storms. You got to get higher than all of this wind. And when we talk about wind, all we're simply talking about is the words that are coming out of people's mouth. Because notice, if you were to put your hand in front of your mouth while you're talking, you'll feel wind coming out your mouth as you're speaking words, right? So all this boisterous wind is coming from all this crazy foul stuff that people are saying that is meant to get you distracted, that is meant to get you thrown up, that is meant to take your eyes off of him. Sometimes you just got to get high above that and get into the presence of the S-O-N. Oh, I wish I had somebody who didn't mind trying to get high enough so that you can get into the presence of the S-O-N. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Getting into the presence of the S-O-N. And this is the purpose of the upper room, right? It says that when they would come in, they went into an upper room where a bold Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, and the son of Alphias, the slim Simon Zillis, and Judas, the brother of James, right? All of these disciples and all of the apostles have come, right? And, and, and this is what I was looking at, right? Uh, and we know the story, right? It talks about there were 120 of them in this upper room, right? So it had to be somebody that had some money that had this establishment. It, they're even suggesting that this might have been the first little church, right? The uh, 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 the first little church that they might have built or or, or or turned the upper room into a little church. Regardless if it is or isn't, right? Understand this, right here. Somebody had enough pennies to throw around to make, give us enough square footage that we can get comfortably 120 people. Now, that's just the ones that we know. Well, it could have been some other ones in the room, right? We just understand they mentioned 120, right? But even, regardless if it's not, they had comfortable space for 120 people to be in here and talk to the Lord, right? And, and y'all, y'all have heard the of talk about how people talking about they had to come in here and work out their issues. No, they did not. We didn't have any issues because we were given instructions before we came. Go and wait for the promise, right? Uh, we didn't have to work out no issues. Uh, when we left the high place Mount of Olives, we arrived here in the upper room in the second high place. We arrived here on one accord. Everything was already worked out because we ain't got time for no mess. We don't have time for no distention. We don't have time for no division because God told us to come in and wait for the promise. And at any moment, the promise can break forth upon us. And will we be ready when the promise breaks forth or manifest? Itself, or 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 if the promise were to manifest itself, are we in the right frame of mind, the right condition uh, to be used by the Holy Ghost? Right? Are you? Are you? Are you? Because we understand He's omnipresent. No matter where you go, the Spirit of God is always there. I know now. Before you left your house, you was acting the same fool. But by the time you get to your destination, you might have got in a car, you might have repented and asked God to deal with your heart. So by the time you get there, He's already there. So when you get there, you can arrive. So God can use you as a vessel for the glory of God to be seen. Amen. You understand what I'm trying to say? They didn't have time to go work out no issues. So that's a lie right there. You know, people want to read it to know. We we don't have to work out no issues because we understand what he's called us to do. We understand what he sent us to do. Everybody understands what it is that we're going to do. We're going to wait. Yes, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. Everybody understood. So, 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 so what what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, he tells us, and, and when we move down, right, into verse number 14, right? I don't have time to deal with all the different names and things of that nature right there. So when When we move down into verse number four, he said, these all continued, right? When we talk about they continue, right? Definition for the word continue is this right here: to be steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing, right? So it says to be steadfastly attentive to, right? He told us to come and wait, right? While we're waiting, what are we doing? While we're waiting, we're seeking the face of God. We're seeking more instruction. We're seeking revelation. We're seeking understanding. Ah, uh, we're we're making sure God that we're ready, God, so that when you release the promise upon us or release the promise to us, God, we can walk out of here with the boldness, God. We can walk out of here with the power, God. We can walk out of here submitted to the spirit of God, not to go and conquer our own agenda or carry out our own will, but it's about the will of the father. It is about the will of the kingdom of God being on display, right? And it says to give unremitting care to, right? And even when we talk about this, giving unremitting care to, right? This is talking about having uninterrupted time. So while we're here in the upper room, Right, to give unremitting care to a thing is listen, we cannot allow ourselves to be interrupted. Nothing can come to distract us. Right, I don't care if you hear the noise on the outside of this upper room, I don't care if you hear folk, hear ha ha laughing and, and folk are married because they downstairs drinking. None of that, we can't afford to allow any of that to distract us. He's called us or a purpose here in the upper room, and we cannot be distracted because we hear the laughter of the children, we hear the clanking of the swords of the Roman soldiers walking. None of that can cause us to be distracted. There was a purpose that God has sent us to this high place for. He's calling us to operate on another plane. And see, to operate on another plane is you can't go about this thing, how you were accustomed to going about this thing. In other words, if you were so easily distracted before, cut it out. It ain't, you can't be so easily distracted anymore. Uh, you know what? If you didn't yield as easily, cut it out. You got to yield. We ain't got time for you to yield. You got to already come yield it. You already got to come your mind made up that I'm going to obey what God is saying. I'm going to do what God is saying because we say when they come down from the high place out of olive back into the high place, it's in this transitional moment that people lose sight of what God has said and they fail to make application. See you can't lose sight of what God has said and you got to be in a place where you make application. It's not just good for God to show you. It's not just good for God to speak it to you without you making application. It's the glory comes when you make. Application. Tell somebody we're not seeing the glory because ain't nobody applying what God has said. We need you to apply what God has said so that the glory of God can be revealed. So listen, to give unremitting care to that thing. Listen, 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 listen. Don't allow your time to be interrupted. Oh, don't answer the phone call. When you're in prayer, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. It used to be a time when saints would pray. They would put their phones to the side. But now you got all kind of dings and, and rings going off on your phone. All kind of uh, 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 alarms. And it, it distracts you from hearing God. Or oh, what it is that God is supposed to be speaking to you. Did you, listen, let me remind you. Oh, somebody's life is on the line. And God is trying to place a burden of prayer on you so that you can pray for this person whose life is on the line. But you're too busy allowing yourself to be distracted by all these different alarms and things that's going off on you. Turn it off, power it down, and put the you mean to tell me you can't put the phone up for 10 minutes to pray powerfully for 10 minutes, uh, to pray fervently for 10 minutes, to pray passionately for 10 minutes. Somebody's soul is on the line. God forbid, God forbid, God. Forbid. forbid, God forbid, it's somebody close to you, but you don't know who God is trying to burden you to pray for that might be in an underground church over in China, that might be being persecuted over in Iran, that might be being persecuted in North Korea. You don't know who God may be trying to burden you to pray for. Somebody face, he may be trying to show you a glimpse of in the room of the Spirit to pray for this person. He may be trying to get you to pray because somebody's about to get into an accident, but it's when you pray because you are sensitive to the Spirit of God Uh, It's going to cause the hand of God to intervene It's going to cause the hand of God to stop and block the enemy I wish somebody would stop being distracted Coming from the high place While you're trying to move to the next high place And make application of what God has told you to do don't allow your time to continue to be interrupted listen if you got to get back to while you cook and pray while you cook it it might make your meal come out a little better oh, if you're offended oh go ahead and talk to God because some of y'all are gonna be offended by the truth just what Jesus told her your cooking might be a little better you might need to pray while you cook it but make sure you what I'm trying to get you to do is make room inside of your day to talk to him and give him an opportunity to talk back to you it used to be some of y'all you make time when you got in the shower, you pray, God. It's not enough. Let me hit you with this right here. It's not enough to just talk to him at five o'clock prayer because most of you are not even giving him the opportunity to talk back. You're only praying for the sake of uh, if somebody were to come and ask me, did I pray, I could say, yes, I prayed. But what if we came and said, what did he say to you at five o'clock prayer? Oh, we're going to stunt you right there. And see, most of you, it's not enough for you to just pray at five o'clock prayer. Yeah, yeah, come on. Some of you, you are at a place in your life. Just your five o'clock prayer is not going to cut it, right? The level of warfare that is coming to your life, just praying at five o'clock is not going to cut it. You've got to make room inside of your day to talk to God all throughout your day so God can talk to you, so God can give you instruction, so God can give you direction on what you need to be doing it says, and they continued, right? It said to persevere and not to f- <laughs> oh, while we're in this upper room waiting. See, waiting is the most difficult thing for the people of God. Uh, but when they continued in this upper room noting, when they waited, continued to wait, right? It says they persevered not to pain. And see, most saints, most believers get in trouble in this waiting process. It's in the meanwhile. It's in this time that we got to wait right here where we get weary, where we get weak, where we get tired. But listen, 120 people up in this room waiting on the promise of God. We don't know exactly when it's going to come, but we were instructed to wait. Can you wait? Even when you don't have all the details, can you still just wait and do something to keep yourself busy? So listen, they persevered So that they didn't faint, right? Because it's in the place of waiting that you get weaker. It's in the place of waiting that you become Doubtful, it's in the place of waiting That unbelief begins To rise up, it's in the place of waiting That you get tired of waiting For the promise of God to manifest And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself Beginning to faint, oh And what does faint looking like? It's a slow faint, it's a slow faint You're not just waking up like I don't want no more Jesus, slow notice how your five o'clock prayer changes. Uh, oh, All you got to do is begin to look at your five o'clock prayer. When you first started it, oh, you had so much passion. You had so much fervency. Oh, you couldn't wait to talk to God. Matter of fact, you was up, you know what, probably 30 minutes early before five o'clock even got it, just anticipating, oh, I'm ready to talk to him. Now you find yourself either getting up at 502, 506, right? And you're not even sorry that you came into his presence at late at the designated time that y'all got set. You're not sorry about it. Now you are the mindset, well, God, at least I prayed. At least I did make it. And no, you didn't. You were late. And you got to understand to be late is the indication that you don't honor time. And you don't honor the time of God. This is This the set time that y'all have set between. It shows us that you do not have honor for time. If you struggle with being late, I'm here to tell you, you do not honor time. You do not honor the time of the people that you're dealing with. And you wonder why stuff is not happening. Happening in your life simply because you do not honor time. This is a person's most valuable asset. They can't ever get any more, no matter how much money they have, they can't buy anymore. and for you to just, just mishandle it? What do you think you're saying to these people? I was only three minutes late. That's how you see it. My mother-in-law told me this. She said, listen, to be on time is to be late but if you're going to be on time be early oh i wish i had some help right there to be on time is to be late she said if you're going to truly be on time be early so i got this thing i be like listen i hate being late y'all i will leave you in this i hate being late, I don't like how folk look at me when I arrive in that late because I know I did everything within my power to arrive on time. I, I I gave time. I accounted for stuff might happen on the road, the traffic and all. If I got to take a detour, I gave myself a lot of time. Oh, but when somebody is riding with you and they just playing with your time, that thing burns you up. If you like me, like, you, you know what? <laughs> oh jesus christ uh, i'm gonna go ahead and go on right it says to burst in fever and not to faint. Uh, while we're waiting you cannot paint right and it says what to be in constant re- mm-hmm. <laughs> see if you can interpret waiting for definition number three if you can change your perspective of how you view what waiting is to they continued meaning they waited here in this upper room right to be in constant readiness for one. Uh, they tell me if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Uh, see, this is operating on another plane right here when you stay ready and you're not found having to get ready. Nobody ain't got to tell you to be ready. You understand what he called you to do. Something already ready. So at no matter what point you come, I'm ready God. Huh? If you come in the middle of the night, I'm ready. If you come early in the morning, God, I'm ready God. If you come at lunchtime, God, I'm ready. Ready. If you come while the baby's getting ready to come out the womb, I'm still ready, God. You got to understand, God, I have set it in myself, God, to be ready, God. This is me waiting, God. I purpose myself to be ready, God, meaning I will not allow myself to be distracted because to allow myself to be distracted brings me in the state of being not ready. I've got to be ready. I will not allow myself to be distracted. Uh -uh -uh. Too much is on the line. Too much is on the line. Too much is at stake. Uh, This is the beginning of the church getting ready to explode. This is the beginning of the Holy Ghost to be poured out upon all. Too much is on the line and it's... Thoughts with us. You gotta understand what has God caused to start with you that you're not handling well because you're distracted or you're not ready. You're still trying to get ready. Well, 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 I just yeah, I just feel like God is so far from me. I just I just feel like when I pray He's not hearing me, you are you still telling us you're trying to get ready. Because even if you feel like God is far away, He not He doesn't hear you. You do understand the scripture says. That if you regard iniquity, your heart does not hear you. But you also understand that he, he's the God that the world, is, and it's the God, denoting that he's omnipresent. He's close even when it doesn't feel like he's close. And the Bible lets us know that he's not to them that are over a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Is your heart broken before God? Have, 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 have you broken yourself down before God? Because the Bible lets us know he's close to those that are over a broken spirit and a contrite heart, right? So if you ever find yourself thinking, well, I don't feel like he's close to me. Well, uh, go, go let your heart get in that broken. Place uh, go let your spirit get in that broken place because he's drawn to these right here. That's that. And and, and listen, you got to be ready. I'm gonna come back to it. I'm I'm gonna jump on that. But you got to be ready. You can't be trying to get ready. No, be ready. I just I gotta get my mind right. You know how we call on some of y'all. I got I gotta get my mind right. You know how we call on some of y'all. You ain't give me enough time for Bible study. You ain't give me enough time for something. Be ready is what he's telling you to be. He told you to be ready in season and out of season. God have mercy. Wow, we are waiting on seasoned believers to get ready. This is why the church or the kingdom of God is in trouble. We're waiting on so-called apostles, so-called prophets, so-called evangelists, teachers and pastors and men to get ready. Are you serious? Oh Lord, help the church, God. And you wonder why ain't nobody coming to the church because they can look at you and say, ain't ready. They're not ready for me with all of my issues. Oh, they're not ready for me with all the rebellion and hell that I deal with. They're not ready for me with all the perversion that I deal with. They're not ready. That's why they still going to these seeker friendly churches because you're not ready. Uh, Oh, you still judgmental. Uh, You can't look past the sin, separate the individual from the sin and say, still, God loves them regardless of what they're partaking in. God, you're not ready. You still see the sin and not the individual. Separate it. You ain't ready. That's why you feel like we evangelizing for nothing. Because you're not ready. You still don't see it right. you're still looking at it wrong, and this is why you could still question it. Am I at the right church? And you'll say stuff like this. And you might not say it out loud, but you're sure thinking. I wonder why we ain't growing. Cause you are not ready. That's why. You want to know why? Because we are dragging folk that are not ready. That's why. Yeah, I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna say it again. That's why. Because you are not ready. From the pulpit to the door. Because guess what? Some days I'm not ready. Thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready because I saw something stuff that made me look like, What the Father is that? What is what, Lord Jesus? Hey, I, I didn't pray. I had something smart to say. Wasn't ready. So listen, I'm going to just put it on you. No, we are not ready. And in this transitional period that we've been dealing with uh, because of COVID and all these other things, like it all the time God has given us to get ready. Uh, what have you been doing with your time? Listen, because he said, listen, they, 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 they continue steadfast up here, right? They, 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 they didn't faint, but they, they was constantly in a state, mindset, heart, spirit. Didn't allow themselves to yield to the flesh. They stayed ready. Mm. Listen, <coughs> it says, not just Peter, James, and John, not just the 12, right? But remember all those names of the apostles that we read? It says, now look, the scripture says, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren, right? So I want to bring your attention to all. All means all in the Bible. These all, all of the apostles, all of the women, Even Jesus, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, everybody stayed ready. Notice how, you know, it's only a handful of us, two or three of us may stay ready. And we look around like, oh, but is everybody else going to get ready? Like, Jesus, that's why we can't make no progress, because it's only two or three of us that stay ready. Don't you understand? Out of them 120, they all stayed ready. Every last one of the 120 stayed ready. Every last one of the 120 did not paint. They persevered. Every last one of the 120 did not allow themselves to become distracted. But they kept their eyes fixed on Jesus. And they kept their ears open and heart ready to receive the promise of God. We know what he commanded us. Mm. We can't come away from the commandment. We know what he has commanded us to do. And see, when God speaks to you, you take it as a light thing. Oh, the word doesn't move you like it used to move you. And listen, out of everybody that's talking, out of all the noise that's around them, they never got distracted off of the commandment God told them. They stayed ready. Even... If some of the men who were married and their spouses were not in the upper room, my flesh is not gonna cause me to come out of a ready state of mind. Ah, uh, how many times your flesh got the best of you? uh you were sexually frustrated. Yeah, I said it. You were sexually frustrated. It felt like it was time to go get you a little bit, and you came down out of the high place. You stopped operating on another plane. This why? oh, you mean to tell me for a little piece of booty you got confused for? a little piece of booty you became fainted and weak. For a little piece of beauty, you came out of a state of being ready. Oh, even Paul tells us that you got to designate time to fast and come away. With the permission of your spouse, you got to designate time to fast and come away. Hey, but most of y'all are not, man, this, man it been, it' been three days, it's been a week, man. I can't hardly function, right? man. I, 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 I got to go. You're not ready. Oh, it lets us know you're driven by another God. Oh, my God, oh, my God. This is why this woman have all this power. She didn't even ask for it. You with your city acting self, you are not ready. Jesus Christ, let me, let me, let me, let me. These all continued in one accord, right? So not only did they continue in the upper room and right, it talks about a one accord. Listen, one accord is defined as with one mind. <laughs> See, nobody was up there talking about, Lord, I shall miss my wife, I shall miss my husband, I shall miss my children. No! We ain't here because he commanded us to come and wait. We got somebody taking care of the children. Matter of fact, if you want to know if anything is up, while are you in the upper room? Get in the spirit to see what's going on. You ain't got to leave the upper room to figure out what's going on. Uh, see, some of you feel like you got to be there. No, you don't. All you got to do is get in the spirit and God will show you what's going on. They operate with one mind, y'all. But then I like this right here, with one passion. Oh, I'm talking about you, 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 you didn't have Peter, you know, Peter was just, I taught y'all up. my soul, yeah, that man, Peter wasn't just going in like that by himself, but James and John was, I taught y'all up. my son. James and John was going in like that, Bartholomew was going, even Thomas, the one who y'all say struggled with doubt, he was going, to, oh, Jesus, we're here waiting, everybody was waiting in anticipation for the promise, they all had passion, <laughs> Everybody was on the same thought process, uh, the same wavelength. Everybody's thinking the same thing. uh, The promise of God is going to come. At any minute, it's going to come. Are you ready? Stay ready. They tell me you got to stay ready. Stay ready, Marco. Stay ready, Kira. Stay ready, Ivan. Stay ready, Mike. You got to stay ready, Richard. Stay ready, Elizabeth. Stay ready, Lincoln. You got to stay ready. Oh, yes, you do. You got to stay ready. Uh, This is what the one mind is. We can't just have the leaders or the apostles being ready. We can't just have the leaders or the apostles having passion about what God said. Yeah, it may be that they spent the most time with him, but listen, you had an encounter with him too. You know that he is who he declared he is. So guess what? There was a passion that should abide in you as well. So it says, listen, not only did they continue with one accord, They did this in prayer. They did this in prayer, right? And when you talk about prayer, prayer is simply what? To make requests be known unto God, right? It's says prayer and supplication. Supplication is a seeking of God, right? And so even when you talk about it, yes, come on, we got to pray. Oh, but after we pray, listen, supplication is let's go higher. We got to operate on another plane. We can't just abide down here in prayer. Even though we understand prayer is the lifeline of the church. Prayer is the lifeline of the body of Christ. But somebody's got to be willing to go higher. Somebody's got to believe that there is much more than just prayer. Let's get to the realm of supplication. And if we get to the realm of supplication, this is the realm where we got to seek God. Come on, God. I'm seeking you for instruction, God. I'm seeking you for direction, God. Instructions tell me what to do. Directions tell me where to go, God. I need to know what to do, but I also need to know where to go, God. How to do it, God, when I get there, God. Oh, we got to move to the realm of supplication where we're seeking God with an earnest plea, God. We're passionate about this seek. So even if we got to get up early in the morning, we're still passionate about our seeker. Oh, the lack of sleep is not throwing me off. I don't care if I got cold in my eyes. I'm still passionate about coming. Oh, you got to understand. Wipe it out your eye. There is something that God wants to say to you. Oh, no, no, no. Come on. Get out of the bed. Get out of the bed. Stop sitting up. Stop laying on your back talking about you talking to God. Get out the bed. This is a holy God that we are addressing. This is a holy God that we're saying we're seeking, talking to. Two. And let me just say, for most of us, you're you you you're trying to figure out why things haven't happened. Look how you approach the Holy One in prayer. you land laying down on your back talking to him. You're not really in a true prostrated state. Now you land laying on your back to prostrate is to put your face to the floor. You're laying on your back to your father in the name. What in the world? Who do you think you're talking to? This is a holy God that you're talking to. And you wonder why some of the things have not happened. Could it be because how you are approaching him could it be because how you call yourself dealing with him could it just be because you call yourself handling god because i'm tired you should just be happy i am talking to you even i am laying on my back what have you lost your mind because the truth be told, he does not need your prayer. Your little raggedy on your back, eyes closed, in the dark, scratching your head, scratching the side of your butt because you ask it, He don't need your little raggedy prayer. That's what you got there. He don't need your little raggedy prayer. If anything you need him, he doesn't need you. That's why he's called Jehovah. He's the self-existing God. I exist without you. You got to uh, I am going to always be when you go back to the dust that you came from. I am going to always I don't need you. I am Oh my God, I wish somebody would get a clue. Ah, uh, I wish somebody Pat Saint Jack Banner somebody help them get a clue because they ain't got a clue. You spin the wheel and get a clue. You can't holler by a vow. You can't holler because you ain't got no good understanding. You think he's supposed to compromise who he is? Because you saying, well, at least I pray, you have lost your ever-loving, beautiful mind. <laughs> Thank you, United Negro College Fund. You told us a mind is a terrible thing to wear. Some of them have lost their mind, Jesus. And they think you better to change who you are for the sake of, well, at least I pray, you better, child. You warrant a smite from God is what you, oh, you warrant a smite from God is what you warrant. You deserve a smack upside your head from God. But I'm so afraid if he smites you, he's going to kill you. So, uh, listen, you ain't get yourself together is all I'm going to say. But listen, before we get out of it, he said, listen, these all continue with one accord and prayer and supplication. Listen, with the women. And what I like about Dr. Luke, right, he was anonymous with letting us see the women on display in ministry oh yeah he talked about if you go to Luke chapter number eight he gives you clear detail of the women ministering to Jesus Christ oh I'm talking about some of the women funded them. Uh, some of the women—I'm talking about some of y'all women—who gonna have money in your pocketbook? Yeah, I said pocketbook. Oh, but they used it to fund the ministry of Jesus. Ah, yes. Yeah. See, God gonna bless you to help fund the kingdom of God to help advance the kingdom of God. The kingdom's agenda. That's why God is gonna put money in some of y'all hands. It ain't for you to go buy no another Chanel purse, no another Coach purse, no another diamond ring. No, it's to help advance the kingdom of God. Listen, he said, listen, these all continue with one accord impress up with the women. Notice he mentioned all of the apostles, men folk, right? Because typically in most churches, who do you find praying? The prayers left to the women. And, and, and let's be a little bit more specific It's left to the mothers. You found the mothers in there. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, God, ain't nothing wrong with that, but we need some men to stand alone with the women and pray. Don't leave all the prayer to the mother. Mother's 75 years old and everything that the church dealing with, everything that the pastor dealing with, everything that the family of the pastor dealing with, she can't, she can't cover all of that by herself. Mother is tired. You got to understand. Mother need a break. Some of y'all younger women, is it the older women, to teach the younger women. He called the young because they got what? Strength. Bring your strength, young people, and help mother pray. All right, mother, you got that first hour. I got the next two. Oh, I said something right there. Because you still can't pray an hour. Oh, you still got that God in the Gethsemane ministry. You can't, you can't watch and pray an hour. Child, how are you going to come up to the mouth of olive? Now, notice, this is the significance. I want you to understand it. The Garden of Gethsemane is on the base side of actual Mount of Olives. So where Jesus was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane is at the foot of one of the sides of the Mount of Olives, the high place that we're now going to ascend. And most of you can't go the high places right here. and You can't even get into the high places. You still struggling with snoop. Oh my God. The the of you right at the foot of the mountain. All you got to do is ascend. Go on up, but you can't get it to the high place because you still sleeping. You kidding me? Oh, so some of y'all, you ain't ready. You still at the Garden of Gethsemane ministry because you still sleeping. Oh, so you know what? I can't even ask you to watch anymore because before I allow myself to get frustrated because of what I'm having to face, what I'm challenged with right now, I, you go ahead on to sleep. Go ahead on to sleep. Uh, I know how to pray for myself. <laughs> oh, I can appreciate that about Jesus. He knew how to pray for himself because if I wait on you to pray for me, son, Oh, my emergency gonna come and go. It, it might not get dealt with because you were somewhere asleep. Oh, trying to get crust out of your eyes and pop up like you. Oh, no. man, man. Yes, sir. man. Got, uh, yeah, yeah. You know how some of us do when the pastor call you and you're trying to act like you want to sleep. Oh, Jesus. Stop with the tongue foolery. I know because it's me. If a pastor called me, if he would have called me this morning before five o'clock prayer, I would have jumped all the way out my bed. I wouldn't have sat up in my bed. I would have jumped all the way out my bed, ran to my closet, and perpetrate like I was already ready to go. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Oh, because see, there's a discipline that I know I'm supposed to operate in. There is a mindset that I know I'm supposed to operate in. There is a readiness that I know I'm supposed to operate in. But I allow myself to fall back a little bit. I allow myself to get comfortable every now and then till I'm not operating in the manner of the mindset that God has called me to operate in. Do you know somebody and can you relate? Um, So listen, listen, the men and the women and the mother, y'all, come on, and his brothers, y'all, everybody's on one accord. Everybody has the same mindset. He gave us a commandment and we're waiting for the promise. Come on. He already told us the promise is going to come. So we don't allow ourselves to get this. Let's pray. Everybody, come on. We are not just going to pray, but we're going to take it up a notch. We're about to go into the realm of supplication. We have got to seek God as a People, one hundred and twenty people. Titles of, oh come on. Lay down the title. There's only one thing we came. There's only one purpose: to wait for the promise. Now you didn't see. You if 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 Mary and Martha was there. You 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 didn't see Mary walk around. Peter, do you need anything? What about you, James? Do you need anything? Mother Christ, Mother Christ, do you need anything? No, everybody came with a mindset, listen, serving today, servanthood today is land on our face in prayer. That's the only serving we're doing, land on our face in prayer. Don't worry about me as the pastor. We all come in to pray. I said something right there. The only servant is we're coming to talk to God, to wait on God, to seek God. So I like the fact. They didn't just lead the prayer and the supplication to the mothers. They didn't just lead the prayer and the supplication to the women. The men, when men pray. Oh, the power that is on demonstration when men pray. Because we know women will pray. Women, you ain't got the... Women will pray. You don't have to fight with women to pray. You don't have to fight with women to come to church. Women are just naturally going to come. They don't have a problem following. Some of them do. You understand what I'm saying? But for the most part, women don't have a problem following. It's, it's some of these boneheaded men. I know because I'm one of them. We, we, we deal with this three-letter word, something called The ego. But this is where you got to have a wise woman who's not moved by your ego. She she know how to let you have your space. Okay, he need to shine a little bit right here. Let me let him have his moment. Go ahead. Go ahead, baby. She know how to encourage it. Go ahead. You did that thing, baby. She know how to make you feel good so you can get what needs to be accomplished. Oh, she understand. is something bigger right now. But I would stroke your flesh because, listen, such and such thing needs to happen. Baby, you did that. You did that, boy. Baby, you, 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 you did that thing. That my man, my man. You did that thing. I'm telling my wife, encourage me, child. Please encourage me. You got to understand. please encourage me. You got to understand all the stuff that's on my plate. I need some encouragement. But listen, after she encourages you, man, can you can can can, can you return that encouragement? It's hard for men to to lift up somebody else, to to celebrate, praise somebody else, because it's difficult for you to get past your ego. All I'm saying is the men got past their ego. They prayed with the women, they prayed with the mothers, and they prayed with the brethren, those who didn't have title. Other than they're just the brothers of Jesus, got no title, you got no apostle. No, Jesus had a brother named Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you ain't got no title. You just, you just here. But what they understood is we need him. Even though he doesn't have a title, we need him. Even though she doesn't have a title, we need her. But all, Peter, who is going to be the rock, the foundation of the church, with his cuss and anger cell, We need him. What am I saying? Peter, with all of his issues, we need him. And we think about all the other disciples who walked away. We need them. Denoting they all had issues, but we need them. Separate the person from the issue, because we need the person to accomplish what God has spoken for us to accomplish. So listen, it's time to operate on another plane, mentally. You got to see it differently. You got to think about it differently. You got to perceive it differently, emotionally. You got to receive things differently. And you got to say things differently. And and how you feel about things have got to be different. From the soul into the, the spirit of the man how you carry out how you do things have got to be different a demonstration of love has got to be different your prayer has got to be different your worship has got to be your obedience has got to be your yielding and submission has got to be different how you did it in 2020 how you did it in 2021, 2016, it has got to be different because you have got to operate on another plane here by 2022. It's got to be very different. So I want to encourage you. I pray the word was encouraging to you. I pray that you got something out of the word. <music>